0: Welcome to Unity of Tucson. Anyone made the connection yet? <laughs> so that is a song that was written for uh, Willy Wonka in the Chocolate Factory, which of course is based on Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, the book. Um, and it was written uh, by Anthony Newley and Leslie Bricus. Um, and of course, there is a golden ticket, a coveted golden ticket that Charlie is looking for in that book. And so I was thinking about you know, this idea of having a golden ticket and what that means, and, and also what does it mean to truly live an, imagina- an imagined life? Are we living an imagined life? You know, One of the 12 powers uh, that is taught within the Unity teachings is imagination and how many of us are actively engaged in utilizing our imagination at any given time and really flying free in imagination. Something just to consider as as we talk about what imagination is and how we can put it to practice in our life and how it is the absolute, for me, the absolute expression of spirit by means of each and every one of us. We have a magnificent, magnificent capacity to facilitate our own change. That is the thing that I keep referring to as spiritual evolution. The capacity within each and every one of us to facilitate change in our own lives. And all of it, all of it is rooted first and foremost in imagination. Can you live... In your imagination, yes. Can you bring your imagination, can you bring your dreams to life in your experience? The answer is always going to be yes, and so then the question becomes, well, what's standing in the way, right? Because many of us may be going, well, yeah, but, (laughs) the yeah buts, the yeah buts. I always tell people, whenever we're in conversation, I don't always do this, but when it's appropriate, I will tell people this, if they say, They make a statement, blah, 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 blah. But I will say, uh-uh, uh-uh, uh uh, uh, You've now negated everything that you just said. That's what living in our yeah buts does. It negates everything. Oh, I can live in my imagination. I can live the dream life that I desire, but, well, none none of that matters, right? Charles Fillmore, wrote this about imagination. He said the highest and best work of the imagination is the marvelous transformation that it works in character. So if you are looking to be transformed through spiritual practice, let us start today with imagination. Let us start today with imagination. Once we have done the intellectual work, you know, I talk a lot about that. I was attracted to the New Thought philosophy because at first it was very intellectual. I was like, oh, I get to learn something in a book, and I get to put it into practice in my life, and it has steps, and it's very methodical, and I hesitate to say scientific because it's not scientific, but a lot of people will say, oh, it's a scientific approach. It's not. But I can put it to practice in my life, in my life through, through method through technique, right? But the intellect is not enough. We must be alive within our hearts at a feeling level. And that's what the imagination does. It touches us on a feeling level. Oh, how amazing. So once we have done the intellectual part, the learning, the practical part of our teaching, and then let the imagination commence, we are likely to see our entire world changed. Each and every one of us, each and every one of us are always causing creation. Did you know that? We are causing creation at all times, ceaselessly. It never stops. Even when we think it is stopped, even if we feel we've hit a roadblock in our experience of life, it is not, it has not stopped the ceaseless creative nature at our core. It all begins, of course, in our minds. Creation begins in mind. And you know, there are aspects of various philosophies that say everything is created twice. First it is created in mind, and then it is created in form but nothing exists in form that was not first an idea in mind. Everything we set in mind, everything we set in mind, and now people are gonna go, everything? Everything we set in mind produces an action in form. Everything. Now, we can pretty quickly stop that action if we have an idea and we go, oh, that's not what I wanna experience. We can stop that action showing up in form by setting our mind into a new direction and something else will unfold. But if we don't, whatever it is will show up. That's the way this stuff works. So the question becomes this, are we willing to experience the result of the entirety of our thoughts? Are we willing to live and to experience the results of the entirety of our thoughts. Now, my initial response is, well, yes, wouldn't that be nice? No, there are some thoughts that I have. I tell you, I don't wanna live within that. Absolutely not, but I have the capacity to reimagine and to create something new. We are deciding in every millisecond and every, I don't know, what's smaller than a millisecond? A micro- microsecond, I don't know. We're deciding in every nanosecond, in every, micro, in, in every little moment of this thing called linear time, we are deciding in every moment. And those decisions are becoming the expression of our lives. This is the process of creation. What we think shows up. And it's not about fashioning something out of nothing, for there is no thing that is called nothing, for everything is spirit, everything is God. And so we are fashioning the expression of our lives from a thing that I like to sometimes call God's substance, because God is infinite substance. We are refashioning what already exists into a form that shows up for us based on our thoughts, and creates the construct of our lives. Are you with me? Yes? No? I see some yes. Anyone's like, no, I don't get that at all? I, I see a lot of heads nodding, yes. That- that's good! I'm-, I'm grateful to know that, you're- that you are with me. Essentially, we are alchemists. You know, what in alchemy, you, know, al- you know what alchemists did, right? They would take lead, and they would do all these things, and the whole point was to turn it into gold. Well, we are alchemists who are actually turning the leaden ideas of our mind into gold. And so we are successful at the alchemy of our minds. Each of us is gifted with that gold. And today I'm gonna to call that gold, the golden ticket. The golden ticket is the very idea, the very thought that affirms our infinite opportunity. We each possess that golden ticket that affirms our infinite opportunity. The opportunity that we have, the opportunity that we have available is a function of the infinite source of being this magnificent creative energy that we call God, this golden ticket is the opportunity that we have available, that source as us. I always say, because this is the thing that really, that really helped me understand logically and intellectually, see how I go back to that sometimes? This, has helped me what under, this, has helped, this is what helped me understand that that infinite source of being is the very core of my being, because if we teach that God is infinite and God is infinite, anyone disagree? Is God infinite? Yes? Yes, yes God is infinite. So if there is something separate from God, God is no longer infinite because that is finite, and whatever it is that is separate from God is finite. And so that helped me to understand and to take to heart the intellectual idea that then became a feeling within me that, I am that which is. Everyone is that which is. Everyone is God, embodied and expressed. We are this wholeness. And so the absolute creative power of this wholeness is ours to use. This is our core identity. We are that which is. I often talk about Moses and the burning bush. And when Moses asked, you know, he said, well, how do I, when I go back and I um, speak to the Israelites and ask them, you know, how will I know, how will I convince them that who you are and, he, and what name shall I call you? And the response was, "I am that I am. There is an infinite I am of that we all are. I am that. I am. You are that you are. We are. We are. That's the golden ticket. To truly deepen into the acceptance of that understanding. And from there, to take charge of our thoughts, to take charge of our thoughts, to take charge of our thoughts, so that we are creating the life we desire. So as we recreate and we go about our lives, you know, sometimes we forget this, right? Anyone ever forget? (laughs) I've been doing this a long time. I still forget sometimes. Boy, in those moments though, I will tell you, the, the, the moment of forgetting and remembering, that moment gets narrower and narrower all the time. But that takes practice, it takes practice. So sometimes when we forget, things show up because our minds are going willy-nilly, right? I love that, word, word that, I love that phrase, willy-nilly. Our minds are going willy-nilly and what shows up are willy-nilly experiences in our lives, things that we don't want. Now, I'm sure there's nobody in here or online who ever has things show up in their lives that they don't want. No one, right? Here's the thing about that. When things do, because clearly we all have, is there anyone who does, who, who does not have things that show up that they don't want in their life? because if, if there is that person in here, I welcome you to be up here, because I, I should probably learn from you. Here's the thing about that. We have things that show up in our lives, and we name those things. We name those things that show up in our lives that we don't want. You know what we oftentimes name them? We give it the name failure. Oh. Just feel the energy of that word failure. The power of the mind, though, can change failure to opportunity if we approach it with the right frame of mind. So failure or opportunity, it's your decision. You get to decide what is failure and what is opportunity, because it will only be failure if you do not understand it as opportunity. So perhaps perhaps today, what today is really coming uh, to be about for me is to break down those perceived failures, answer the question, is this what I wanted in my life? And if the answer is no, understand that no to mean next opportunity. You know I love my acronyms. No means next opportunity. You show up with something, oh, no. Next opportunity. No, next opportunity, because I guarantee you, you're going to find a yes. The difference between failure and success is one thing. There is one difference between failure, what we perceive as failure, and success, and that is consciousness, the approach that we take using our minds. So today, I think, I think it is time to reject ourselves as the conception of something limited. It is time to reject ourselves as the conception of something limited. It is time to reject our basest instincts that suggest we are failures in any way. Let's let that go once and for all. What what, what would life be like if we truly let that go once and for all? We must let go of the concept of failure in any way and accept the golden ticket of success. But it's an inside job, I can't do it for you. I can only do it for myself and you can only do it for yourselves. You can only do it for yourself. It's all rooted in starting with the imagination of what the potential possibility is for our lives. Here's the thing too, we needn't live within the conception of anybody else's idea of success. How many of us get lost in that, making those comparisons? I guarantee you, I get lost in that sometimes. I watch other (laughs) New Thought services, I watch other Unity services and other religious science services, and I look at those ministers and I think, oh, look what they have that I don't have. And then I have to tell myself, stop it because you have what they don't have, which is you, your own uniqueness, just like you have your own uniqueness. So we needn't look at anyone else to conceive of our own understanding of what it is to be successful. Have any of you done a paint party? Anyone? No. That, this is, this, so, yeah, So, at a paint party, basically, you go and you gather together, and you have all the materials. It's a lot of fun. We, you have all the materials laid out before you, and paint, and brushes, and, 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 and wine. <laughs> she said it. <laughs> Actually, at every paint party I've done, there has been wine, yes. Um, <laughs> But you have everything laid out before, and you're, you get, you're given a canvas, and usually what happens is you have an instructor who's telling you like, what the goal is, and you know, the instructor may say, oh, well, you know, now we're going to paint the sky, and, and maybe we're gonna paint you know, some mountains in the background, and we're gonna paint a tree, uh, paint a bird, something like that, right? And no matter how explicit the instruction may be, I mean, the the instructor may say, I want you to paint a bird in the upper right-hand corner quadrant of your canvas. And I want the bird to be, you know, they, they can get very specific in their detail, but you know what's really magnificent about this is, say you have 20 people there, and you all receive the same explicit information, every single one of those paintings will be magnificently unique. I love that, I love that. No matter how explicit the instruction, the expression will be unique to you. Just like your life, the expression is unique to you and you needn't be burdened by anyone else's ideas of what it should look like. Because I guarantee you there are gonna be people out there who have opinions of what your life should look like. You get to decide in that moment. Let's say we're looking at the painting. Ah, oh, how beautiful is this painting? You get to decide in that moment how beautiful that painting is. Is it a success or is it a failure? And it doesn't matter what anybody else thinks about it. I would say that no matter what, even if your bird doesn't look quite right, it's a success. Even if the tree looks a little wonky, it's a success. Because you know what? There are what we might perceive as imperfect birds and imperfect trees in the world, and your imagination has allowed you to recreate that. Here's the other thing. If somebody has an opinion about that, it says more about them than it does about you. Because opinions, our opinions, are reflections of that which is within ourselves not what we truly think about someone else. So how do we let go of this concept of failure and accept this golden ticket? It is a process of retraining our minds. And the process and time it takes to break a habit, to recreate neural pathways, um, You know, there are lots of averages around how long it takes to do that because it does take work and this new thought stuff, <laughs> I'm gonna say to William, what do I always say? It is work until it's, work until it's not, right? But that's the great thing too is that at some point you've done the work and all of a sudden you're like, oh, I don't need to be working so hard on that anymore because I'm actually living the life I desire. So that's a process of reconnecting those neural pathways and some people say it takes 66 days, some people say it takes as little as 18 days and then those people say, oh, to create a new neural pathway, it takes 200 days and you know what? Here's what I know. Here's how long it takes to recreate a neural pathway however long you decide it takes. If you buy into the idea that it's gonna take you 200 days to change something, it's gonna take 200 days to change something. So why not live with that golden ticket in hand and say, the change is mine now, here's my golden ticket. What is required to make this change is to do the work. And when you do the work, you live the results. That's what it all boils down to. You have to be consistent in this work. Consistency is key. As I say on my weekday video, every weekday on Facebook, I say, I come to this practice every single weekday because consistency in spiritual practice makes life better. So if you're looking to make your life better, dive in to the practice. Dive in to the practice. One of the most magnificent practices that we have, one of the most magnificent tools that we have available for this is the tool of prayer. Prayer is not about begging or beseeching. Prayer has one purpose only, and that is to change our own mind. And when we change our mind, the circumstances of our life change. Charles Fillmore called prayer the most highly accelerated mind action It is the language of spirituality. The language of spirituality, not a literal language, but the language of feeling, the language of belief, and the language of thought. The golden ticket, the golden ticket is prayer. That's the golden ticket. The golden ticket to change mind is the activation of that within each and every one of us that addresses and coordinates our feelings, our beliefs, and thoughts to create the quality of our life. And we should, I think we should all stay in practice. I think we should all stay in practice because here's the thing, practice makes progress and progress is perfect. Mastering the art of progress, mastering the art and the science of prayer requires consistency. And here's what happens when you master it. Your first solution to your perceived problems ends up being your last solution to that perceived problem. Many of us, myself included, perhaps have yet to get there where that is consistent. That's okay. Practice makes progress. So if any of you are ready to accept this golden ticket, I invite you first to let go of any perception of failure, to embrace the next opportunity, embrace and embody the practice of prayer. Let mind action become the point of change. Get ready to imagine a new world. Come with me and you'll be in a world of pure imagination. We will not only imagine a new world, we will create it from the inside out. Namaste.